next time you're in Helsinki and you're there thinking to yourself, you know what I'll do while I'm in Scandinavia is go scuba diving because that's part of every Scandinavian trip. I would recommend, if you have your gear out already, that you drive over to Oyamo Mine. Oyamo Mine is a sunken, flooded mine that is off the coast near Helsinki, and you can go down into it with scuba gear, look around at all the cool mine stuff, and then you go down to this tunnel that, that connects a bunch of different tunnels, and um, it's called the Pearls, and in the Pearls is the geocache. And again, if you take a picture of yourself with that geocache, I will send you between five to seven gently used starter logs that I have in my garage. Still good, still a lot of life in them. I will send them your way. Welcome to Geocaching Scripture. This is Josh here from the Blanket Fort. Just wanted to talk about this sunken mine in Finland because that just struck my fancy today. Geocaching is this rarefied sport hobby looking for these adventures, looking for these little treasures that are in these different places, little tiny treasures that sort of bring out the dimension in a walk or a or an adventure that may be familiar. If you're thinking, man, I've been into so many sunken Finnish mines, just another one of these, ugh, so boring. Finding a geocache brings in another dimension in that adventure. And, and that's what this geocaching is. And to me, that's a perfect metaphor for how I read scripture. As I get older, as I've been now to seminary, as I've done a lot of reading and a lot of study and been in church, my earliest memories are in church. The scripture became overfamiliar, became kind of ho-hum. But then finding these geocaches of cultural situation, language, history, close reading that bring out the dimension that's already there for me to see again. And that, my friends, is just as interesting as going in an underwater mine to Finland. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. John chapter 1, verses 1 to 2. This is a particularly strange bit of scripture. Um, to me, this has always been kind of confusing. I thought for a good chunk of my life that the Word was the Word, the Bible, because that's the Word we use for the Bible. And I thought that was for the longest time. And then I find out, hey, it's the Lagos. And I'm thinking, ah, Lagos, you mean Logos, the Christian bookstore that's on the corner that has good sales on all the Petra tapes? Yep, Logos. Nope, Lagos. Anyway, I always thought it was confusing. And you look deeper into it, and it does get deeper. Let's just say that. Um, so what this is, is a term... The Word. In the Old Testament, the Lagos, God's Word, was understood to be his dynamic force for his purpose and his will. Um, Psalm 33, Isaiah 55, Genesis 1, and you see some of that language taken here. In the beginning was the Word. The Word, God's speaking, what does his will, his connection with the universe. And that Hebrew thought 
on one side. On the other side, and would have been contemporaneous with this, in Greek thought, the term logos referred to divine reason responsible for the order and unity of the universe. John found a way to communicate both with Jews and Gentiles this concept. So, so in Greek thought, it had been the, the center of the divine reason, the logic that ordered the universe. Much thanks, by the way, to Lance McKinnon, who is a friend of mine and a great biblical scholar. I am plagiarizing most of this information from him. Anyway, um, the Lagos, on the one side, this, this in Hebrew, this concept of God's relationship to the world, God's force and energy that does his will on earth. On the Greek side, it is the capstone of thought, the capstone, the center out of which all the order and beauty and truth, the universe comes out. Now, I realize this is still a difficult topic, but what John was saying was this Lagos is Jesus, that he is that missing piece, that missing piece, that all our thought, the great trails and travails of thought through all the centuries lead to this one place. And this one answer. And this became a person. Became a person very much in a history, very much at a time. It seems counterintuitive that God would come to us in this sort of strange thing of this, this kid from nowhere with strong Hebrew eyebrows and a hick accent and all these things. What in the world? How could this be the answer to the universe? And I guess my answer would be, how else was God going to come to us? Right? How else would it happen? With more fanfare, more explosions, I guess? But it did happen, and this is how it happened. This is how that logos, that ordering principle, that power and energy of God, God himself, came in to the story. And John goes on to say, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Dwelt among us. That The word there in Greek, in the original that, that John wrote in, is tabernacle. Tabernacled among us. Tabernacle was the temple, the portable temple that Israel brought with them while they were nomadic through the desert. The tabernacle. So Jesus was God tabernacling among us. God dwelling among us. God with us. God from his dimension coming into our dimension. And this is what you hear when you hear the word logos. And the word was with God and the word was God. And it's fascinating here because John is saying, the word was with God and was God. Now that is a peer into the Trinity, which is beyond our understanding. But how else could you say that? The word was with God. The word was God. That is that Trinity. That is that mystery where the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are this mystery that is the answer to all of it. I heard one uh, somebody say one time, if you want to find... 
If you go to the average state university, big, huge, state, whatever, you, and you want to find the atheists, go to the religion department. Go to the ancient Near Eastern studies department. If you want to find the people who believe in God, the theists, go to the science department. I think that is absolutely fascinating. That those who look down into that logic where the logic and the beauty and the intricacy and the poetry and the music that is at that subatomic molecular level, they are the ones who see God. Those who look at the human movements throughout history, they are the ones who have doubts. I think that is absolutely fascinating. So the Lagos, God with us, God tabernacling among us, God coming down to walk with us, to be frustrated, bored, tired, hungry, have the flu, all sorts of things about being human. And he took on that dirt and that grunge and that grime to be part of our story rather than destroy our story and start over again in the beginning. Pax Humana. Cheers. Cheers.